0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time!
1: Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights.
0: Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. We're on a
1: little bit of a delay, uh, but this is episode 201 of Top Rope Nation, a few hours after WWE Fastlane went off the air. And we thought, you know, we couldn't do the live show on Sunday night, but we still wanted to get our thoughts in on, on what happened, where we're at on the road to WrestleMania And as I look out my back window right now and I see a storm kind of brewing on the horizon here, I think there's a storm brewing deep inside the gut of my co-host today, Mr. Kyle Ross, who I think has some takes on the status of World Wrestling Entertainment going into WrestleMania season. Kyle, how's it going today?
0: Well, let's start with this, okay? Uh, Unless ryan satin's barber is brutus beefcake i don't think that story he told on twitter is true
1: (laughs) oh man ryan satin do 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 yes what a great theme song
0: i I saw i mean did (laughs) you see i got my beard trimmed today and when i told the barber i covered wwe for a living he said to me quote isn't bad buddy in WWE now seeing him on there has made me want to watch again. (laughs)
1: Bullshit.
0: You know, I, after reading this tweet, contacted some of my odds maker friends out in Las Vegas and they're pegging a real long shot about plus 1500 that this actually happened. (laughs)
1: isn't it so funny how those fake stories on twitter stand out so much like someone goes into great detail and oh, i was having this conversation and boy yeah yeah, yeah.
0: I-, I love by the way how so many people call him out for it he's like i love you guys think i would just make something like this up that you uh, make something up like this that isn't even that interesting so you're saying bad money's not that interesting now <laughs> which is it
1: <laughs> well man the e's gonna come down hard on him for that one yeah watch
0: out Imagine imagine talking to your barber about bad money. <laughs> now, I can't say I can't say it's come up.
1: Can't say it's come up with me. Oh man. Well, you know, like I said last night, we couldn't do the uh, the regular live post show. We couldn't get all three of us together. I could have maybe done it by myself, but then again, that probably would have been would not have been too entertaining for the listeners. So we held off and uh, Kyle and I were available to do this now. And so we're going to kind of look at the broad strokes of, of what we saw at Fastlane and just start us off, Kyle, as I always do. How'd oh, you no. grade this show? I know <laughs> I know you watched it in a little bit of delay, so maybe you saw some people's reactions before you went in. But on the old A through F scale, how are you grading Fastlane 2021?
0: Uh, C plus, thumbs in the middle. Pretty yeah. standard WWE pay-per-view, um, non-Big Four, I think. The big takeaway from this show is that one's enjoyment is almost entirely dependent on your excitement level of Daniel Bryan apparently being added to the Mania main event.
1: Yes. It became pretty clear at the finish of the show that uh, we were going to be headed into a triple threat match and then Mr. Dave Meltzer confirmed that not too long later, I believe.
0: Although WWE on its social media is very much pushing the idea that it's still Roman and Edge. Yes. And... That mentality that they're doing when the booking kind of tells you otherwise, I want to save that for the end of the show because I have some comments All on right. that and how WWE um, has started to book the road to WrestleMania, uh, quote unquote, in the last couple of years and why I really uh, ardently disagree with the mentality.
1: Yeah. I would also give this a a firm thumbs in the middle. I think I'd probably give it about a C. So uh, mark that down. Maybe I'm a little bit lower than Kyle.
0: I want to go C- minus now. No one one grades lower than me, damn it.
1: That's right. That's the gimmick. I think, yeah, I think it's uh, pretty firmly like some level of a C. You know, an average show. It looked like when this show started, it looked like it was going to be lower than that to me. I mean, the first hour of this show was pretty damn dreadful. You know, you had some stuff that you thought going in, it was going to be pretty solid, you know, like Big E and Apollo Crews, and then that turned into be a bit of a disaster with the finish. Uh, the tag team match, the women's tag match, I didn't think delivered. We'll probably talk about the finish about that here in a, in a little bit. can't say Braun Strowman and Elias really excited me at a, in either. Uh, you know, they had the, the U.S. title match on the pre-show, and, you know, Riddle and Ali good performers i didn't think the match was much we got apparently the breakup of retribution so poor mustafa ali who's done whatever he can to breathe some life in this dreadful stable and uh, all for naught. apparently
0: you know what's like makes the names of the stable mates even worse is when mustafa ali has to say them yes (laughs) t-bar say what's wrong with you yeah like like come on man yeah i feel bad for mustafa ali deserves a lot better
1: <laughs> he does absolutely so uh we'll get to we'll get to that uh we're, we're going to start at the top of the card though with the main event and what we saw so I I guess I felt like there was three matches on this show that were very good I mean nothing like match not match of the year contenders or anything like that but I thought that there were matches that delivered from good wrestlers you know I thought uh the Rollins Nakamura match was good I think Maybe people got a little more excited about that match because it followed that dreadful first hour. We'll get to that. But in the main event, people really loved the Roman Reigns-Daniel Bryan match, which went 30 minutes. They got plenty of time on a show that only went, what, two and a half hours? Which I got to say, I'm a fan of these short pay-per-views during the pandemic era. It was nice to have a show over by 8.30 Central Time. Uh, But, you know, I I liked the main event. Uh, I don't think it's the best Brian Reigns match as you're going to talk about that we've seen, but I thought it was. I thought it was really entertaining. I thought that um, the ending in particular with the yes lock was very well done. I thought that was one of the best. Something about the camera angle, the way Brian like really cinched in the arm of Roman Reigns before he grabbed him around the chin. I thought like it really, really looked painful. I thought like the subtle tap. Out that Roman Reigns did, which the referee didn't see, obviously because the referees had been taken out. I thought that that was good, but you know this finish where prior Daniel Bryan had take you know inadvertently taken out Edge with the chair shot. the The chair had been introduced earlier in the match, uh, and then Edge just snaps and he takes out Bryan and Reigns. So you are apparently kind of have a heelish Edge now with the heel roman reigns and now daniel bryan probably almost certainly inserted into the main event at wrestlemania i'm i'm not so sure how i feel about this direction for wrestlemania i think it'll be a good match but i'm not sure what the fan expectation is supposed to be here you know because like are we expecting the fans to now get behind daniel bryan and then what's that mean for edge and does daniel bryan even have a chance of winning the title Probably not, but I guess crazier things have happened. What's your takeaway from this, Kyle, and how the, the ending of the main event shook out?
0: Okay, I'm going to basically hit all of those things that you just uh, talked about right there. Me personally, this scenario, and I referenced it at the top, that I think you're, you know one's enjoyment of this entire pay-per-view is, is dependent on how excited you are about Daniel Bryan making uh, the main, and main event a three-way. I can't get that excited about it. And it's because of the fact that Brian almost certainly isn't winning at Mania. And he's probably just there to take a pinfall. So, you know, for me to get excited, oh, yes, Daniel Bryan's in the, the Mania main event now. It's kind of contingent on me believing he might win. And I just don't. And, you know, it's not 2014 anymore. Daniel Bryan can only save... A scenario that was sinking so much. Uh, we're not looking at a repeat of WrestleMania 30 here, in my opinion. Uh, Dana Bryan, as much as I still love him, he's been booked so weak the last two years. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's kind of like, it's so odd. You look back, and again, I'm somebody who likes to look at things very big picture. The last time I was truly excited about something in WWE was probably when Dana Bryan returned around this time three years ago. And <laughs> you look at how that unfolded 10 months after that, they turn him heal like, right. The guy that everybody wanted to get behind when he comes back, he's a heel. Cause he wasn't getting over as a baby face and he did a good job with that. And he got Kofi over at least at mania, but, then after that, he's just kind of been a guy. He's been willing to put people over, which is noble. I think he actually puts too many people over. Uh, if he, there's very few people you can say that about in this industry, but Daniel Bryan's probably one of them. So it's sort of like, you know, Edge and Roman wasn't working, and now it's like Daniel Bryan, please save us. Yeah. But you haven't treated Daniel Bryan for the last two years in a manner where he can save you in really any significant way. And like you said, I think the match, yeah, it could be good at WrestleMania, but big picture, I have questions right. about the ramifications of Daniel Bryan being added to the spade event. Okay, Edge is now a heel?
1: Bizarre, right? Like, it he's, he's kind of it seems like he's going to be a tweener. You know, like he was tormented. He's pulling out his hair that he took oh, both guys out, you know. But, like, do you, I don't know how I feel about that.
0: What do you think I think of Edge tormented face? Through the years. Not just now. (laughs) What do you think my opinion of that is?
1: I think your opinion of it is that Christian did it better.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, Very good. That's absolutely true. Um, Remember Christian did a crybaby gimmick? Oh, that was very bad, too. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So they've both been given shite to work with. So with Edge, it really doesn't seem like there was much of a plan for him after winning the Rumble. Does it? No. Uh, Like... He wins it and it was a total babyface story. Okay, this is two months ago, by the way, a little less than two months ago. You know, he's this guy who's coming back to avenge and get back a title he never lost. You know, the old gunslinger, one last shot at the OK Corral. Okay, that, that's a good story. And then they have him tease which champion he's gonna do, which is like the easiest thing in the world for them. It's just a way to, you know, they've got all these hours of content, mm-hmm. just string the storyline along. And then, okay, he picked. And then it was like, okay, now what? <laughs> what? <laughs> they just didn't have anything. Yeah, What's the they just didn't have anything. And it was it was dying on the vine. This whole feud, and it, it was very interesting. We could talk about the match itself too. Here, uh, Edge beating Jay Uso on SmackDown just so he could stand ringside for the off chance that a ref bump may happen—kind of odd. You know, like the yeah. whole enforce... Like, that was just so odd. He was just standing there doing nothing. The announcers weren't making a big deal out of it. They were just like, oh, Edge is there. I wonder what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... He really didn't need to be an enforcer. He could have just interfered. Yeah. Which, you know, people interfere all... The, I mean, Jey Uso interfered. People interfere all the time at WWE matches. I just think that was kind of a bit of odd storytelling here.
1: Mm-hmm. You have this this uh, correlation you have in our notes here to WrestleMania 30, which I find kind of interesting because you go, you look back at WrestleMania 30 where you had, you know, the Orton Batista match that was planned with Batista, you know, the old guy who was basically retired, coming back, kind of like edges here. You had Orton as the mainstay kind of like Roman Reigns is now. And then they inserted Daniel Bryan largely because they were forced to because of the fan reaction. And as we know, Bryan won the title incredible WrestleMania moment, but that was largely brought on with the live fans. So if you look at Brian now, and is there any way he could walk out champion? I would say probably not because there's no live crowd to push it, to will that to happen. But it is interesting, you know, that they put him into this situation again because it is very, very similar to what we saw just, what, seven years ago. Uh, just seven years ago, but seven years ago at WrestleMania, like this this <laughs> triple, triple threat scenario. That's going to work out a little bit different t- this time. But, you know, here's Daniel Bryan to save the day.
0: Yeah. Seven years ago. At WWE now is like seven minutes. <laughs> well, do
1: seven you think, y- yeah, I was going to say, oh, do you, do you think that, uh, edge, if there was a live crowd there now would be getting the same kind of response that like Batista got in 2014? I don't think so. I don't think he'd be getting that visceral, like pushback from the audience because you don't have that rising baby face in Daniel Bryan that everyone was was looking for, he maybe would have got a little bit of negative reaction. But I think overall it would be pretty positive. So it is interesting how they're telling the story where now they're shifting to a third man because, again, like where does that leave Edge in this whole situation? If he's not, as you said, Kyle, the old gunslinger trying to get the title back, now he's this tormented guy in the middle, I don't really know what he's supposed to gain out of this whole thing.
0: Yeah, and you have a very well-established heel. Yeah. In that match, by the way, Roman Reigns. So it's like, you know, a tweener, like, yeah, I don't know what that does for Edge. It just it speaks to the fact that they don't know how to book baby faces. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, it's so fascinating the point you made about no crowd versus live crowd, and you know how Brian in 2014 was like just this ascendant tout everyone wanted to see that match. And they really don't have anything like that here in 2021, primarily because there has been no live crowd. We don't know what the WWE mass audience really wants right now. Um, How would edge be received by a mass audience if they had live crowds weekly? I don't know. My guess is it would have been beneficial to his character because he could have spoken to the fans and kind of like rallied them around him. He could, by cutting promos, don't you guys want this? And like, it, it kind of, he could have struck a chord with the audience Mm -hmm. you know basically like hey you know you know relate to this yeah right and and without an audience it's kind of hard to do i want to talk about something i mentioned basically uh, a year ago on this program with edge and maybe we need to speak about this edge is a baby face has never really worked and i said this a year ago when i said you know if there's one kind of hole quote unquote on his resume it's I don't think he's ever been a great top-tier babyface. And I said, all right, he's coming back. He's going to be put in that spot. Now he has a chance to eradicate that. I don't know if he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of like 2002, when he's working Angle and Eddie all the time, and, you know, talking about two guys who are pretty damn good, 2002, yeah. Kurt Angle, 2002, Eddie Guerrero, um, and Edge did his role well there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's something about Edge as a babyface that just does not work. I-, I don't know. It seemed logical for him to win the Rumble, they made the match and they just didn't have nothing for him quite <laughs> frankly um and i want to talk about roman too something i said for that matter 6 7 months ago you'll remember this when it was very obvious that roman reigns was the heel to build around on smackdown and he was going to be the champion and he was going to be the head of the table and the centerpiece of that program i said okay you got this figured out. Now it's time, SmackDown. You got to identify your baby face and start working on that big match for WrestleMania. Roman Reigns defending against insert baby face here. They really didn't do a good job of that, did they?
1: No. In fact, we were trying, I think, weren't we trying to fantasy book at one point? Like what's going to be the WrestleMania direction? We could come up with nothing. Yeah,
0: we did. Well, yeah. no. And, and remember, we did our little draft. Yeah, we did the reference.
1: draft. Yeah. And
0: who who did I pick number one in that draft? It seems foolish now, but There's it's a time, t- Yes. Yeah. And we'll talk about him in a little bit, but honestly, you know, it's easy to say when you have hindsight, you know, it's 2020 and all, but big E being that ascendant baby face chasing Roman reigns is much better. Sounds to me on paper, much better than the scenario we're watching play out on SmackDown. Yeah. Biggie's new, he's fresh. I mean, even if Daniel Bryan did win, like I said, it's not 2014 anymore, people. It, it just isn't. Um, It's not even 2015 when you referenced this earlier, him and Roman had a better match than they had last night. The match itself, I thought it was good. I'm not as high on it as other reviewers. I saw some people like go as high as four and a half stars. I think that's crazy. I think people need to take a step back and just not review things in a vacuum. I can't go higher than three and three quarters. That's just me personally. Um, yeah, the match they had at Fastlane six years ago was better. Yeah. But Daniel Bryan was hotter.
1: Mm-hmm. It's interesting that they, the more I think about this, you know, with the edge and the edge return and what kind of a response he would have been getting from the crowd. It's interesting that we know last year when they had that huge crowd in Houston, that he got a massive pop. Now, a year later in the Rumble, this time, you know, winning the Rumble, would there be any pushback? I don't know, but the thing is, They control the crowd response right now with the pipe and crowd noise. So since they're in control of the narrative, you know, like, why did they think they needed to add Daniel Bryan to the mix then to, to, you know, quote unquote, save it or add something to it when they're controlling literally everything about this story other than they got nothing for Daniel Bryan?
0: Yeah, or they had nothing for this feud. Like, I just think, you know, all right, I'm going to bring it up now. So... One of my two points that I was going to close this podcast with, uh, it just fits now, the way you bring it up. WWE, the over. if you look back at the last several Mania seasons, seems to think it's cool. And I don't know if I'm being you know, mean by using these terms or whatever, but I'm going to use them. It's my podcast. Uh, but they seem it's, to think it's cool to, quote, confuse the fan base on what the big matches at Mania might be. I call this chaos booking. And they confuse the audience before inevitably letting them down, right? We saw this over on the Raw side. Like when Miz cashed in Money in the Bank, all of a sudden people start getting, oh, what's the match going to be now for Raw? Oh, Lashley, he's got to beat Miz on Raw. And then they can do Lashley versus like Lesnar or something or do Lashley versus McIntyre. You know, that Lashley-Lesnar thing was a pipe dream. Come on, people. (laughs) But, you know, and people get like worked up over these what ifs, but the what never seems to be that good. And you go back to, uh, Mania 35 with Kofi and Becky Lynch. Remember the whole build of that was like, are they or are they not in the match? I'm just going to make a statement right here on Top Rope Nation, March 22nd, 2021. I think that style of booking is shit. Agree. Be, like, it's not apples to apples, the WWE to UFC. But you look at UFC still being able to be a successful pay-per-view entity. Why are they a successful pay-per-view entity? Well, they have stars. <laughs> Something that <laughs> WWE does not really have.
1: Critical part of the equation. Here.
0: Okay. And they identify those stars. And when it's those stars turn to work, again, This it's not apples to apples because those, they don't obviously wrestle. They don't fight every month. You know, they fight, you know, a couple times a year only, but. That's why it's important to have multiple stars in that promotion. They've typically been pretty good at that through the years. They hype the shit out of that, you know, that particular fighter, their upcoming match, whether, Mm -hmm. you know, it's him or her, whether it was, you know, Lesnar, Rousey, McGregor, whomever that that's the whole key. And they kind of identify what storyline they're going to go with and they freaking hammer you with it. And it might take a while for it to reach, um, some people, but it reaches them and the, you know, kind of allowing that story to, um, you know, just kind of repeating it over and over again and really getting it over allows it to reach further and bring people in that would otherwise not order a UFC pay-per-view. That's the difference. That's why UFC, like their typical pay-per-view, maybe whatever, but when a big star goes on, there's this huge spike. And I think with WWE and the road to WrestleMania, they just. They, they seem unwilling to announce a big match and hype it. Yeah. And I don't understand that. Like, it's just all about, will this match happen? You don't, they're still promoting. It's a one-on-one match Um, between Roman and Edge on, on Facebook. Okay. Well, like on SmackDown, they'll probably make it the three-way. Okay. You got what? Two weeks. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, UFC too. you have a logical path to get to those matches, those fights that everybody wants to see, right? You know, they got their ranking system, they got this guy takes out this guy, then we finally get the match that everybody wants to see. And in WWE, they don't tend to have that, like, logical build anymore. It's just they pull people out of nowhere to do the matches when you haven't, like, built up a guy to get there to make people want to see it. It's just, oh, okay, out of nowhere, Daniel Bryan here is, you know, going to have a world title opportunity or universal title opportunity now. You know, it's it's much better if you have the long game in mind and you go through the steps to get there. Then people are pining for it; they want to see it when it's actually going to happen, rather than pulling something out of left field and heating some guy up out of nowhere. So,
0: yes, and this I think this chaos booking, as I refer to it as, is reflective of two things. One, you just touched on it: lack of commitment to long term booking. They don't Mm. know where they're going to be six months from now. So if you don't know where you're gonna be six foot months from now, you can't tease something. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know where you're gonna And you've got all these hours to fill. And they don't know how to fill them. So who's Edge gonna pick? Oh, let's add a third guy to the match now. That's just reflective of a lot of content not really the left hand and the right hand not talking, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like a situation where can you imagine if there was a guy in UFC working like the the pre-show on ESPN plus before the pay-per-views, you know, a few times a year and who had lost some significant fights last year. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, and you know, who's going to fight for the championship at the next UFC pay-per-view that guy, <laughs> you know, like yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, people, that's what yeah. it is. That's that's like what WWE does is they bring in guys as challengers out of nowhere that haven't really done much to earn the title opportunities. And they don't understand why nobody's
0: excited to see them
1: work for the title.
0: That was such a good way to put it. I wish I would have thought of that like that. God, that was a very good way to do it. Yes.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. But I mean, and, it is. It's uh, like that's how, it, that's how it works.
0: Yeah. And again, it's not because, you know, you see people all the time, you know, with think pieces over why, you you know, UFC is more successful in some areas. WWE. It's not because it's real. I mean, for some people, okay, yes, because it's an actual sport. They enjoy it as opposed to but. They're just better promote. They do pro wrestling better than pro wrestling does pro wrestling now. Yes. Dana White read the nineteen eighties Vince McMahon handbook and has executed it to a T. I mean, I think Dana White's kind of an asshole, quite frankly. But that the, I mean, Vince McMahon, you know, wasn't exactly Mother Teresa in the nineteen eighties. Yeah. So you know, I mean, yeah, he's he's got it figured out. WWE doesn't know it what they're doing.
1: <laughs> All right, so we're gonna touch on the rest of this card here in just a second Uh, hopefully in the next week or two we'll have some answers on all of this but i do want to shout out before we go any further a couple of people that have joined our patreon page over the last couple of days because we're going to have some patreon only content dropping later this week so i wanted to give shout out to ryan gorman again he actually joined uh during our last live show last week episode 200 he joined the patreon page as we were recording and i gave him a shout out but i wanted to throw that out there again thank you ryan for joining the patreon page Stuart Thank you for joining the Patreon page. And Kyle, your friend Greg, he's back. He's a patron of the show again. So Greg, thank you for joining our Patreon page. Um, late- Let's be that
0: Joe Biden money.
1: <laughs> the stimulus is helping us here at Top Rope Nation.
0: Greg, Greg, Greg joined at the $1,400 tier, actually. A little bit. Class. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> so... um. <laughs> As I mentioned, we're going to record another edition of Top Rope Nation Classics. We're actually going to record that this Wednesday night, full disclosure. I'll mix it on Thursday. It will drop to our patrons on Thursday night. Uh, again, another edition of Top Rope Nation Classics. It's a great bonus podcast we do exclusively for patrons. There will be a preview of that show on our regular feed on Friday in our usual Friday slot. But to hear the full show and all of them there in the archives, over 25 bonus podcasts and all kinds of other great benefits, go to patreon.com slash top nation. The number way to support the growth of this show and join a growing community with everyone I just mentioned and all the other Patreon members. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be having a Google Hangout or a Zoom hangout, I should say, this weekend. Uh, The Top Rope Nation Book Club, the first edition of that for our $10 a month patrons. It's coming up on Friday night. Once per month, we get together with our $10 patrons, and we just shoot the breeze, have a few drinks, talk pro wrestling, and whatever else is on our minds, and talk about a book, and it's Death of WCW. So the first edition of that will be this Friday night. If you want to join us, join the $10 tier if you want to join just to get those exclusive podcasts, it's the $5 tier. Again, you can get all the details. The link is in the description of this podcast.
0: And by the way, Ryan meant the number one way to support the show, not the number way.
1: <laughs> the, the number one way. Did yes. I say the number way?
0: Yes, you did. Yes. Oh. I was waiting to get in there. Yeah, Very rare that there's any sort of faux pas in that Patreon. Plot, but <laughs> yes. I just wanted to let you know I was listening.
1: Thank you, Kyle. Yes, you the do. number one way
0: Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, so let's talk about the rest of the cards. So I mentioned three pretty good matches. The main event, you said three and three quarters you'd go. I'm pretty much right there with you. Maybe four, but that would be the absolute highest, not four and a half like I saw going around Twitter too. Uh, Drew and Sheamus, I thought, was a really good match. You know, they had a really good match on Raw though recently. Yes, they did. the, (laughs) the The problem with that match is that you've got... Like, nobody possibly believes that Sheamus is going to win that match. I'm sorry. You know, you got Drew and Lashley coming up at WrestleMania. Like, there's just no way Drew McIntyre is losing, losing a match on pay-per-view three weeks before WrestleMania, which is a whole other issue of just having the show in general. Just kind of smashed here in between pay-per-views. I'm not sure that I, I'm a fan of having a, a a pay-per-view show three weeks before WrestleMania.
0: I mean, there are WrestleManias that have taken place before March 21st yeah the I mean, 10 he,
1: March 20th right yeah yeah I mean it's 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 bizarre scheduling I don't like it because it forces into these situations where it's like yeah I think they're gonna have a good match no I don't buy Sheamus as a winner so you know what does it really mean but I thought it was a good match I'd probably go three and a half ish on this one uh three and a half stars and the Rollins Nakamura match which the big benefit to it, again, was it followed a whole lot of crap. I mean, the first hour of this show was just dreadful. So you get, you get Nakamura and Rollins out there, both really good wrestlers. And, you know, they have they have a good match. I mean, a good solid match. Nothing like next level where you're like, oh, you have to see it. But it was a good solid match. I'd probably go like three and a quarter stars on this one. I think the, the number three match of the night. But, again, it was so much better than everything in the first hour. And I put this in no uncertain terms out on our Twitter page during the show at top rope nation that if you would have told me in 2015, I'd see Seth Rollins wrestling Shinsuke Nakamura. I would have been quite excited for that one. You know, here didn't really mean a whole lot. It was fun to see those guys work. They had a, a good little match, three and a quarter stars or so, but at least it like turned the tide on a show, which was dying up to that point. I thought, uh, so I guess we can start with Drew Sheamus If you have specific thoughts on that one, Kyle, yeah, uh, I think you have in the notes you you were going to reference that with the Raw match.
0: Yes, yeah, so I thought, you know, last night it was a pretty good standard main event WWE brawl, right? Nothing not that we haven't seen before, but it was good. Uh, you know, I think these guys, there were elements of the feud that I really liked and I really was rooting for these guys to deliver. They're good friends. They obviously wanted to deliver um, at a very high level. And what's interesting is I think they delivered at a higher level. With that Raw match a few weeks ago, the same night that Lashley beat Miz for the title. People, you know, maybe have forgotten about that already. I don't know, but it led off the show. and I thought that was a tremendous TV match. Mm -hmm. Those two had, it was worked really fast paced. And, you know, you didn't know who was going to win that one. It was a better match, quite frankly, than Fastlane. Uh, Drew won it clean on Raw too. I bring this up because (laughs) Babyface wins clean. Then they wound up doing a rematch a couple weeks ago on Raw, where they did the non-finish, where they did the silly thing, where they hit each other with the stairs, to set up, you know, a, a no DQ street fight scenario here at the pay-per-view. My opinion, I think pay-per-view matches are better when they are fresh, as opposed to they've wrestled on TV a bunch, particularly if it's a main event level attraction like this one was. Yeah, you know, WWE does this so much where you know, you get to the pay-per-view and you're almost tired of seeing the guys wrestle against each other. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are like, oh, you're nipping out. Oh, can you not like Drew Shamus? I do like Drew Sheamus. I think had they never worked before on, you know, on TV uh, leading up to this, I would have been even more excited for it. You know, you mentioned no one bought Sheamus having a chance to win. Meltzer, I know in the Observer kind of made this case. Well, you know, what about contenders for Drew down the line if he Wins the title back at Mania, that's not a bad point. I just don't think they're thinking that far in advance.
1: Yeah, I mean that should be months down the line. They go back to Drew Sheamus. Well,
0: so. they can't now. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, you, I think. Yeah, I mean, given that he's beaten them twice, clean as a sheet. Yeah. Here, you, you can't even. I don't even think you can go back to it, quite frankly. Uh, unless if you're just you know trying to kill time on a Raw or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Rollins and Knock, we can pivot to that. I was not quite as high on this match as maybe you and some others were. I thought it was. Fairly average. Uh, there's two paths I think you can go when you have a matchup like this. Not just referring to the two wrestlers, but we all agree that Rollins is working his way to a probable WrestleMania match with Cesaro, right? Mm-hmm. That seems like the direction. Okay. So to get you excited for that match, I think there's two ways I would have laid this out. One is I would have just had you know Rollins steamroll him and just look really awesome. Well, they didn't do that, okay? And there's people, and there's drawbacks to doing that, too. If you do that, you make Nakamura look like a total nobody, then, you know, what are you doing with them in the future? So the other option, B, is, you know, you do a real just banger, back and forth, and and I don't think these guys hit that level. It was kind of slow at times, so the WWE sort of shows this middle path, and to be fair, you see this a a lot in modern wrestling when if a guy's heading for a bigger match, he doesn't, he, he wins clean, but it's not as, dominant and brisk as it probably should be and nobody really gets over as much as they could have or should have mm-hmm. uh with Rollins and cesaro again people you know we're gonna be like oh my god how can you say this but i'm not that excited about that particular match and I'm going to tell you why, unless if you're like a huge Cesaro fan, I just don't know what it's going to mean. Big picture.
1: Justin joint tune out right
0: now. I, I yeah, you know, I thought <laughs> of Justin actually, when I was composing this tape, I mean, I guess if, if the idea of Cesaro winning a quote unquote major match at WrestleMania really excites you, then it's a cool deal. But do we really think that like, if Cesaro beats Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, Cesaro's going anywhere there's always hope <laughs> okay I mean I, I mean I guess you're more of an optimist than me I mean
1: probably not any, but I, you if know. anything
0: like okay odds that this happens Cesaro beats Seth Rollins at Mania but Rollins is the one who still gets the higher profile matches as 2020
1: rolls on. <laughs> very high odds
0: okay thank you very but much I'm,
1: I'm saying if you look at the UFC analogy again so I think Cesaro absolutely should beat Seth Rollins at WrestleMania he needs that kind of marquee win and then if you actually did like a good slow build with Cesaro, especially if you start getting some live crowds back and he's a guy that's always had like a contingent of the audience that he's been very popular with, you could, if you did it right, you could build him up as a legit challenger to Reigns down the line as a baby face challenger. You could, and it would be something fresh. Now, do I have faith that they will do that? No, no, I do not. But
0: right. that for <laughs> You went back to the UFC analogy. Well, let me go back to the 2014 analogy. Cesaro had a major win at a WrestleMania seven years ago. And what did they do with them? Jack Diddley Poo. <laughs> and so like seven <laughs> years later, it's just hard for me to get excited. Like, it's, like Daniel Bryan and Cesaro. Yeah, let's rally around them. Motherfucker, I rallied around these guys in 2014 <laughs> and you fed me a plate of poop. Now I know it wasn't their fault with Daniel Bryan, but he, he got hurt. But still, the point stands, man. I mean, it's just, you know, fool me once, you know, shame on somebody. Fool me twice, shame on somebody. Fool me three times. I'm just a jackass. Okay? I mean, come on, man. (laughs) With this stuff. I mean, getting excited about a Cesaro singles push to 2021? By the way, (laughs) buddy of my chat, he's like, when was the last time Seth Rollins had a great match on pay-per-view? And I was like, that's an interesting question. And I was like, you know... I was coming up blank. I was like, I remember he had uh, a good match because AJ Styles it was his first title defense after he beat Lesnar at WrestleMania two years ago. I I, I can't even remember the pay-per-view name. If it was like Payback or something like that. Mm, it was in payback, May. Payback, I think. Okay. So I looked up on cage match. When was the last time a Seth Rollins singles match got over an 8.0 score on there? And it was that match. Wow. So just thought I'd throw that out there.
1: Hmm. I'm looking up his matches right now in cage match. Just I'm looking up the star ratings. Maybe,
0: maybe I missed something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean the star rate.
1: (laughs) Most (laughs) of them are 2015, 2014. Yeah. I mean, looks like, yeah, AJ and Rollins, uh, Finn. I'm most of these aren't pay-per-views though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's Is been a while. Any,
0: I mean, he was real hot in that 2017-2018 period. And then, you know, he it never never really recovered from feuding with Baron Corbin.
1: Money in the Bank 2019 with AJ. Uh, four and a quarter, according to Dave. Oh, man.
0: They wrestled again? Yeah. I don't even remember that.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, then we're in, we're back into 18. Like, yeah, most of these are 18 and earlier. Uh, let's see. Summerslam with Brock and nineteen. I mean, we were almost yeah, year and a half ago at that point.
0: Yeah. So. The, the the Messiah. I don't know. Not the Messiah of the star ratings, apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Money in the Bank, twenty twenty. Drew and Seth. So about a year ago, May twenty twenty. What did that get on?
0: What did that get on cage match?
1: Four and a quarter from Dave. Seven point seven on
0: cage match. Okay. There we go. That's why I, so I was, I stopped at eight. So, um, you know, again, I, I look at it, you know, and we're going to mention them here in a little bit. I like, you know, this will make you proud uh, as a resident of the Hawkeye state. I think Seth Rollins putting over Big E is the match to, make it wrestlemania i thought f-
1: i thought that was the match they were gonna do when he first came back that seemed logical to yeah. me
0: yeah when when you were not gonna do what i said before with biggie and have him chase roman i was like all right well you know have him beat you know seth rollins would be a pretty cool deal for him but nope nope it's gonna wrestle saba simba
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> that's the other thing is i had it up you know how many matches how Many times can we do this Apollo Crews big E match for the IC? They wrestled title?
0: a lot. I mean, they are. I mean, yeah, I mean, my god, I think uh, you know, Nikita Koloff and Magnum TA are blushing from 1986.
1: <laughs> I, I believe WrestleMania will be their fourth IC title match on television in the last two months. I think they've had two on SmackDown, yeah. uh, the one at pay per view last night and so at Fastlane. So, yeah, I mean. Again, you want to see the same matches over and over again, or you want to see it one time with a lot of hype. That's what it kind of comes down to.
0: Yeah, and l- l- let's just hit this r- real quick Their match the finish. I don't think I need to tell you. Reet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's so, so Yeah.
1: Man. Apollo goes through. The, uh, yeah. He goes for this uh, like small package cradle. And then I guess Big E was supposed to roll it back and pin him, but he never like rolled it back all the way. And Big E's shoulders were still down. And then he kind of got his shoulder up at the last second to get the pinfall. But it was really messed up. Like It was very convoluted. And the uh, the announcers didn't even really know what happened. And it was, yeah, didn't look great. Ruined the match, I think. And that was that was part of the first hour. That was a match going into this car. You think, oh, this one will probably deliver. And it didn't.
0: You know, I know it's hard selling some of these WWE storylines. I thought Michael Cole and Corey Graves were not particularly good last night that's just an aside here Mm -hmm. um but back to the match back to the athletes if you will here um okay so they i guess botched the finish it's fair to say but here's the thing it wasn't a good finish anyway even if they had executed it properly so if you're going to do a non-finish on pay-per-view to theoretically lead to a bigger match at another pay-per-view There is a time-tested way to do that. There's really only one way to do it, and we'll go back to 1997 to make this point, Mm -hmm. a year which I know lives uh, very closely in your heart, Ryan Dross. Yes, it does. uh, For a variety of reasons, I'm sure. But um, there's two matches that come to mind immediately when I'm like, that non-finish worked. Mick Foley, Triple H, the opener Canadian Stampede. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Ground Zero. The main event mm. in both instances, what they do wild out of control brawl. Mm-hmm. And that that's to me, the only way you can do these things where it's like, okay, we don't want to beat either guy. We want this feud must continue. Y- you have to do a wild out of control brawl. If you don't do that, it's like a fart in church, man. <laughs> and it doesn't get over. Yeah. Uh, and if you're looking for a more modern example, because I didn't want people thinking, you know, I'm in old man mode. I did come up with one. Remember Charlotte Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series a few years ago when okay. like Charlotte snapped? People got into that. It was a non-finish and people, to, it needs to be a violent, out of control, hectic uh, non-finish if you're doing the non-finish. The, these double pinfalls, that that doesn't work in 2021. Quite frankly, it didn't work in, you know, 2001. Mm. Yeah, and you know, I just keep waiting. By the way, for the ghost of Roddy Piper to show up and yell, "That's Tony Atlas at Apollo." <laughs> I'm sorry, man. This gimmick is—they gave a character. I'll say that <laughs> yeah. Vince Russo. Vince Russo made Brad Armstrong buzzkill too. Oh yeah, buzzkill. Justin, we've
1: been talking about this in our in our our text, our group text. I'm not opposed to the Apollo Cruz character. I think he's at least showing something new. I don't, but (laughs) it is new. (laughs) I'm not not a huge fan of the way this this match.
0: I just honestly, I just think that this program is beneath Big E. No offense to Apollo Cruz, the guy's out there. He's trying. He's probably pitching any. He's taking any IT he can. He knew he wasn't going anywhere as just you know plain old smiling baby face Apollo (laughs) Cruz. But um. Big E needs to be doing bigger things than this. And like you said, they've wrestled a lot. Yeah. And okay, let's look at potential outcomes. Should Apollo Cruz beat Big E and win the Intercontinental title? No.
1: Exactly. I don't think
0: so. so why would you do this feud? This feud's <laughs> like be like, oh, he's got a character and he's a heel turn and, and he and he did a heel turn. This is so great. But you look at his, you know, his character and what's likely to happen. He's not gonna be successful. So wh- again, big picture. Why am I invest why would I invest in this emotion or
1: or you do a deal early on where Apollo Crews actually wins the title in, like some kind of bullshit finish and then Big E gets it back. But if Apollo Cruz just gets his ass kicked or loses throughout the entire thing, he just yeah.
0: Yeah, that does yeah, it doesn't and again it, it just feels like something Big E should be doing something better and Apollo's not gonna come out of this ahead. Yeah, yeah. It, I believe this is called a lose lose scenario in psychology. Yes. <laughs> speaking of lose-lose scenarios <sighs> in psychology you yeah, were uh, talking about finishes yeah i mean yeah well i mean i guess that could have been a, a a win in some circles
1: oh you're talking about orton okay we can go to this one i was gonna <laughs> oh, I, was, I was gonna mention the tag team match the women's tag but i see oh, what no. you're talking about
0: okay. yeah oh yeah that, that that you know in some circles was not a lose-lose that finish but uh <laughs> <laughs> it was if you're randy orton's wife apparently on twitter she was joking about it uh, that got a chuckle out of me
1: <laughs> yeah the intergender match with alexa bliss and randy orton and the swamp thing returning <laughs> at the end was not great i mean i'm, I'm not a fan I, I just don't like it Anyone that's listened to this podcast for a long time knows that this podcast was pushing Alexa bliss as one of the best things in the women's division in 2016, when nobody was talking about her as this ascendant star in the women's division. So it's nothing against her. I think she plays the role very well, but the role sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like, I hate this whole thing. And even for Randy Orton, you know, like this is when you talk about broken skull sessions and that was a great interview with him and what he's looking to do at this stage in his career.
0: This isn't it. This is just <laughs> no. not it. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine they brought Randy in the old writer's room and said, Randy, how do you want to ride out to the sunset? And he's like, you know, I'd like to get pinned by Alexa Bliss and puke out black goo. Oh,
1: hell, you talk about Apollo Crews. Have Randy Orton work with Apollo Crews to elevate him before he gets a title shot or something like that. Instead of this garbage. I mean, yeah. Oh, you got Alexa Bliss throwing fireballs at Randy, which he can apparently swat off. I think uh, it
0: missed, Corey. <laughs> you have, a, a, a new low, by the way, for having to call. That, that's not on Michael Cole. That's just on the uh, put in a terrible situation.
1: Got a lighting rig fallen on the outside. I mean... Here's what I'm hoping happens. Here's, I'm just gonna say it. Whenever I hope,
0: I, hold on. Whenever I see a lighting ring f- fall in WWE, I always think of like the Vince McMahon thing. Remember when it, the stage collapsed on him? Yes, and he did. I can't feel my legs fall. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can't feel my legs fall.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, here's what I hope happens. So the Fiend's back, he, he comes back from under the ring, he looks all weird like i said the swamp thing because he was killed or whatever he's back i don't know if the story is alexa bliss brought him back to life or some shit i I don't know i hope that he turns on alexa on raw and we get her the hell away from this program because i don't know how much further this thing can go with her so well
0: (laughs) it's gonna go to wrestlemania and i know they have not announced what matches are on what day but i'd like for them to announce you know what day uh, this match will be on because I would like to plan my daily bowel movement around it. <laughs> because I mean, I, I ain't really looking forward to WrestleMania 37. And if you talk about the thing I'm looking forward to least at WrestleMania 37, it will be Randy Orton versus The Fiend. The other real, thing, real Randy Orton, it, it could be a worse match than Orton Edge last year. Yes, I mean, is is this? I mean, hey, did, did Steve? You know, I haven't watched the Broken Skull Sessions yet. I know, I know you have. Did Austin asked him at any point, hey, Randy, would you like to go out at the end of your career with back-to-back worst match of the year contenders at WrestleMania? <laughs> was that a question on that particular interview? No, it was interview? not. Okay.
1: Although he was proud of the WrestleMania match. Uh, I'll give you that. But he he wasn't as down on it as you were. But... <laughs> think he, it's still going on. I'll tell you what. The, the Broken Skull Sessions is a much better watch than this pay-per-view, really, as a whole. And certainly this segment. I mean, of... Of the stuff that happened after the dreadful first hour, this was by far the worst of it, I thought. (laughs) Uh, We knew
0: it was going to be bad going in. You know, I I saw your tweet. Uh, Like I said, I did not see the interview, but you you tweeted about the Broken Skull session about Orton. And, you know, I guess, you know, I've seen other tweets too, how he's kind of like looks back at, you know, his past and how he's a changed person. I got to say, you know, as somebody who grew up idolizing like stories, you hearing stories about Ric Flair passed out in the Superdome, and then going 45 with Terry Taylor. Mm-hmm. I respect the way Randy Orton used to do it, man.
1: <laughs> you know, So what?
0: So he slept in and missed rehearsal for the Undertaker. I think yes. that's cool. <laughs>
1: so, so here's the thing. We are, we always say this on this podcast. We are not marks. We are not dead set on one opinion. Our opinions change based on what happens. And you know, I'm talking about Alexa bliss going back to 2016. And now we're bashing the storyline. It's not a reflection of her. It's the writing. Um, we've also changed on the fiend. When the fiend started, we were very high on it. We thought it was cool, but we also said, this is going to be hard to sustain the momentum moving forward. And so <laughs> especially as this, after,
0: especially after a certain match.
1: Hell in a cell 2019, which that show is in the Patreon archives back when our pay-per-view shows were Patreon only. Uh, Kyle and I ranted on that. Hell in a Cell match for a half hour. That's a good listen.
0: It's <laughs> like, about 29 minutes longer than the match should have gone.
1: Yes. But like, you know, then we've, we've kind of turned on the Fiend stuff because it just hasn't been good television. But then look at Randy Orton. Okay. So with Randy Orton at one time in the history of this podcast, back when Randy was known to retweet stuff from Sheriff David Clark and things like that, we were kind of low on Randy Orton. But, you know, in the last year, Randy's done kind of a babyface turn, I got to say. And I've started to like him a little bit more in his outside-the-ring life. And... Listening to him talk with Steve Austin and just he has such a great memory for the history of his career and like the the way he would throw out years that matches were and the exact shows that that matches happened. And I mean, they pretty much went through from him in high school all the way up until now. And, you know, he admits to his faults along the way, although he does say that he wouldn't change anything about his about his career, which respect it. Yeah, which was it was interesting, but you know he said not because, even Avy
0: Weber's handbag. Huh? No,
1: I was waiting for something like that, you know. But he said no because if if I change anything, maybe I'm not where I am right now. So hey, I can understand that. But like, it was just so fun to watch him and Austin just shoot the breeze, and him to relive all this stuff. He was very complimentary towards Christian, which was interesting, knowing where Christian is at now. They left all that in, thankfully, talking about their feud that they had around I, w- I wonder 2011. if
0: that was recorded before the move.
1: Yeah, I think I think it had to have been. Okay. Uh, but they left that they left that in. I mean, yeah, just everything talking about the evolution days, talking about how his mindset as a performer has changed to like where now he gets so much out of helping the younger guys. That's why I'm saying this fiend thing isn't like what he wants to be doing really, because he talks about how he wants to help the younger guys and he specifically mentions a SmackDown match he had in uh May of 2002 with the Undertaker. Uh they actually on the there's actually an error on Broken Skull sessions. They say it was March. It's actually May and you'll know that cuz the logo's WWE not WWF. Oh, um, in May, and May. I looked it up. It was actually I think May 30th, 2002 cuz you have the WWE logo. The the name changed in May. Uh but it's like May of 2002, they had this Smackdown match where the Undertaker gave this young Randy Orton a, a lot of offense and Backstage people were questioning Taker, like, why'd you give him all that offense? And so, like, now Orton wants to be the guy who gives the young guys offense and teaches them how to do little things in matches. And it's kind of cool to see him transition into that era of his career. And he talks about how like nothing would mean anything more to him than in 20 years, if someone were to set down on the broken skull sessions and talk about what he did for this young star in the way that Orton's talking about what Taker did for him. You know in 2002 that that's what he wants his legacy to be helping the young guys and I just I don't know I just thought it was a really cool interview. It's well worth the watch and you'll come away with a pretty positive opinion of Randy Orton.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely planning on checking it out and you teased it earlier Ryan top rope nation classic dropping later this week we're doing WrestleMania 22. I will save my takes on that period of Randy Orton for that show. I have again some unique takes based on it I, I think um not everyone's gonna agree with it but you know I I have a kind of a way that I just you know if a guy's a star you gotta look past some stuff sometimes and that's all I'll say about that
1: yeah all right let's wrap this up I just want to really quick talk about the finish of the women's tag match I don't really think Braun and Elias is anything we need to talk about three and a half minute match Braun Strowman won yeah. Didn't care.
0: One thing, you, again, Brian Alvarez, we're doing his book. He's going to be kind enough to join us. By the way, if you sign up for Patreon, you're going to be able to talk to Brian Alvarez down the, in a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see this Twitter exchange he got into with these WWE apologists? I'll use that term for like a I did not. Way. So he's like, well, false advertising. They're not doing uh, Braun and Shane. And he, and all these guys got in his mentions like, hey, haven't you ever heard? Card subject to change. Oh, no. WWE has warped the minds of its fans so badly that cards subject to change, which was used in the past by promoters. Like if somebody was like legitimately injured or like missed a flight or couldn't make the show or whatever to, yeah, we can just like, you know, false (laughs) advertise match. And Alvarez makes great points. That's not what cards subject to changes. That's the story. That's like how Vince McMahon would like use it as a storyline. That's not what that means. Yeah. um, You know, uh, I can't imagine And if there is, I would like you to join our Facebook group, Top Rope Nation on Facebook, and explain yourself. I cannot conceive someone watched this scenario last night was like, oh, I just can't wait for that Braun Strowman to get his hands on that no-good Shane McMahon. (laughs) If you came away last night with that feeling, again, join the Facebook group, Top Rope Nation. And explain yourself.
1: Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. Join the group. Great conversations going on. I would love to hear this take, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they didn't even do it in, like, this wink-wink, nudge-nudge way, which gets heel heat. You know? It Mm -hmm. just, like... You're just like, well, that's stupid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. That did nothing for me. Now, the, the women's tag... Now, this... This should be a home run all the way out. I mean, Bianca Belair, we all wanted to see her win the Rumble. She's a great talent. Sasha Banks is kind of, I don't want to say legend, but like she is a well-established star in the women's division. Everyone and a great 2020. Yeah. I mean, so you look at her as potentially the wrestler of the year last year in the company against this up-and-coming star. This should be so easy to book, you know, keep them both strong. This is a match that could main event one of the Knights of WrestleMania easily, or it should be able to. I don't think it's going to the way this has been built. Uh, it but Might in, be
0: at the pre-show the way it's
1: going. Jesus, I mean, the way that they have done nothing to protect either of these women uh, has been quite the sight to see. And the finish of this match, now, now they could have had him win the titles and added that, you know, dynamic to the match. I didn't think it was going to happen. It didn't happen. What you had was this dissension between Bel Air and Banks. They can't get, get along, you know. And then in the end, we've got Sasha and, and Bianca arguing, and Shayna Baszler comes up from behind, rolls up Banks, pins her, so they win. Under no circumstance should the women's champion be taking a pinfall. Three weeks before WrestleMania. Like so someone I,
0: she's not working at WrestleMania. Yes,
1: like there is no way. There's so many other things they could have done. They could have done a non-finish. They could have had uh, Banks and Bel Air just start brawling and Nia Jax and Baszler are like laughing and they just walk out and they get counted out and they retain the titles because they're like, yeah, whatever you got. You're not going to drag us back to the ring. Cause you guys are fighting amongst yourselves and they laugh and they leave or something like why on earth would you have Sasha Banks get pinned? Like it's a clean pin. I don't get it. I I thought this was just complete nonsense.
0: I have an idea rather than have the two people in your title match lose all the time on television. Why not have them win? (laughs) I
1: mean, Jesus.
0: I mean, who could forget that epic buildup of WrestleMania five when Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan were pinned constantly on television. (laughs) Yes. What are we doing sports fans? Um, This has been just dreadful booking week to week. I mean, you're right. They are killing this match. It went from something that people thought might main event one of the nights potentially to no chance in hell uh, to use a popular WWE phrase Uh, on the bright side. I'll say that SmackDown at least has a women's title program, which is one that we can (laughs) say for raw Uh, dare. We bring up Charlotte Flair MIA. What is her her status? I don't know. I mean, my you know, I've decided there is no one, you know, her obviously uh, fiance, Andrade, has uh, come to terms with a no-compete clause, by the way. or a no, no, Without a no-compete with, clause. Without, yeah. Yes, he's guys. free to work anywhere right now. That's interesting. Did something happen behind the scenes? That's I don't very, know. It's pretty unusual. I, I, I don't know. But to me, for him not to have one of those – oh I, I mean
1: i did so, i did i mean i re- i read people speculating that charlotte used her pull to make that happen i i i don't know about
0: which that is, well it's odd <laughs> it's odd that you would i mean obviously you want the you know the your significant other to be happy in life yeah, yeah that's what makes them happy it's very good for him. but it's weird that like you know <laughs> she's like fighting for him to leave you would think he, she would want to be you know Right. I mean, you know, it's whatever. You you can still see each other. I mean, it's not like, you know, we're living in a world about planes and trains and automobiles. But, uh, you know, it's interesting that she's fighting for her her significant other to leave, Um, you know, and the speculation will obviously be Andrade to AEW. I have decided that there's no one I want to see go to AEW more than Charlotte Flair that'd be pretty because, awesome. Just, yeah. just because it would that that is like the one that would actually make Vince mad. Oh yeah. Because they just love her so much. That if she went like they would actually be upset. Like they don't give a fuck about Miro or yeah, yeah. or Matt Cardona or you know Matt Hardy or any of these people. Even
1: Christian. Yeah. No,
0: they don't give a damn about any of those people, but if Charlotte went, now they'd be angry. Oh my god. Hell
1: hath no fury like Vince McMahon with Charlotte Flair showing up on AEW Dynamite. I tell you. Yeah. yeah, it, It's weird because Charlotte's been scrubbed from the WrestleMania poster. We assumed Charlotte Asuka was the direction. Who knows?
0: She teased knows? it. She, she did that promo. She came out. She's like, I just wanted to be a good tag team partner. But now I'm going to challenge Asuka, which, you know, it was kind of a bad segment. But, like, it at least made clear what the direction was. And we all assumed when mm-hmm. she came back that was the thing. Now, you know, Rhea Ripley set to debut uh tonight. That yeah. debut will have likely happened by the time many of you have heard this podcast. Um, but so we shall see where they're going. But uh, yeah, very, very odd hmm. with uh, Charlotte being MIA and that, that, you know, Andrade not having to wait 90 days.
1: Very interesting. Very unusual. All right, Kyle. Well, that was fast lane.
0: Yeah. And we should mention, I, I think, you know, the big story, you know, the reason that this pay-per-view even happened was because I think they wanted to test the, uh, you know, Peacock service mm-hmm. and, and how it would hold up. I, I know there are a lot of people upset about the not being able to start it late, no rewinding and no fast forwarding. Um, I watched it on the network. I still have the network and I watched it on the. I, I'm riding that thing out until it dies. I'm not signing up for Peacock till they make me.
1: For me, it's this Wednesday, I think. It has to do with your billing cycle. So I, I don't know it's what like it the is. 20, I think it's the 24th. It says my network subscription expires and it won't allow you to renew, I don't think, after that.
0: I don't know if I got that. I got an email that said, we'll let you know when it expires.
1: Just log into your network account on their website and go to account and like your billing date and whatever that billing date is, that's going to be the last day, and then they're going to force you onto Peacock. Love when Ryan Trosty troubleshoots my life. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but um, I also watch on the network. It is pretty uh-huh. awful to not have rewind and pause available in two thousand twenty-one. I mean this this Peacock service is not good. I I
0: call it the cock.
1: <laughs> I I said it long ago, like. Uh, when this was first announced, I said I think on Twitter that, you know, I I've, I've used Peacock a little bit, just looking around on it and it's like by far one of the worst streaming <laughs> services. Like the way it's organized is really bad and if you go on the network right now, there's almost no no organization outside of just straight up alphabetical. Like there's the subsections are not good. When you've been used to the network, which overall is a pretty solid service, and you go to this, it is like holy shit this is really awful and for people <laughs> that like classic wrestling i mean it's a nightmare scenario so
0: over i hope under, they get it fixed over under until i start cursing the first time i use peacock to find my WWE. 45 contract. seconds okay you, <laughs> probably you that long I was i'll saying, take the think, under yeah okay uh but anyway i bring this up because you know This was kind of a big deal, though, not just from a technological perspective to hopefully make sure you've got all your kinks ironed out for your biggest show of the year, being on a new platform. But you would think theoretically that Fastlane would be used to get people excited about WrestleMania. I don't think this show succeeded at all in that regard. That's the other big... You know, it goes back to the Daniel Bryan thing, but let's make it broader beyond Daniel Bryan. Like, to me... You know, if you're trying to hook new people and you're trying to make WrestleMania watched by more people that would watch it, you know, uh, on the network, you've got to kind of already have your game plan there. Like, these are our matches, and this is what you, the new viewer, and again, casual viewers, haha, like that even exists anymore. But let's say somebody (laughs) stumbled upon this and gave it a try. I think they'd just be confused. Like, what's happening at WrestleMania? Yeah. What's the big match? I always say this. When my friends who have kind of fallen out of wrestling will know WrestleMania is coming up and maybe they'll bring, and they'll, this, this story is true. I'm like the Ryan Satin Barber story for the record. (laughs) They'll they'll go, well, what's the main event? And imagine if you had to answer that question to somebody, ah, well, there's two title matches now. They're kind of maybe making one a three way. What do you think that person who does not follow WWE religiously thinks? They're like, ah, why would I want to watch that? Yeah, yeah, they're like... What's they're the like, big so, deal here? Yeah, or they're just going to re-ask the question, so what's the main event again? Yeah. And, and like, you know, I, I just think of like those, you know, Peacock, NBC, Saturday Night's Main Event, I go back to. Some of those uh, ones they would have right before WrestleMania, like 87, 88, 89. They knew what the WrestleMania direction was, and those Saturday Night's Main Events were all about this person is going to be at WrestleMania. You know, how will this affect what this person is going to do at WrestleMania? Yeah. It was not like, oh, God, like, is, you know, Drew McIntyre going to lose to Sheamus and then, like, you know, who gives a shit about him anymore? No, it was like, it, it was just very much like who, it doesn't, you know, the results tonight, okay, maybe they matter, but it matters more getting you excited about these people and these storylines that are happening at WrestleMania, Mm. Not tonight. And that's, I think this show kind of failed in that regard. I I don't, I'm not looking forward to WrestleMania quite frankly that much. I think our listeners know that, but this show did not excite me in any way uh, more about it. You know where you always know what the main event is
1: to bring this full circle UFC.
0: Yes. You know why? Because they have the fucking name of the match in the, the headline. <laughs> yes, it's not they. They don't do you know UFC Backlash 2021,
1: dude. That's another point. Is the old WrestleMania posters always had the main event front and center, but now the WrestleMania posters is just like a group it, of people.
0: Yeah, it's like yeah, these people are kind of important, <laughs> and and maybe they're wrestling. Maybe they're yeah, that, that that is. You're right. You think about all those classic. WrestleMania, I'm staring at a WrestleMania 8 one right here in front of me, which isn't even like the most successful WrestleMania of all time. Ironically, that has four people on it because they did yeah. a double main event. Mm-hmm. But like, you're right. Like, it's just, and it, it speaks to a, com, a a non-commitment to long term. They don't know when that poster's made. They're like, yeah, I'm sure like two of these people will be in featured matches.
1: And then they have to take Charlotte Flair off. Jeez. Yes.
0: What does the world come to? <laughs>
1: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to episode 201. I said at the beginning, lots of ways to support the show. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe to the YouTube channel because we are going to be doing some live post shows during WrestleMania weekend. It's youtube.com slash Top Rope Nation. Completely free, you know. Help us just by subscribing to the YouTube channel or subscribing on your favorite podcasting platforms. Leave us a five-star rating, a written review. While you're at it, you can email the show it's topropenation@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Kyle mentioned the Facebook group. It's linked in the description of the podcast, or you can search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion on facebook.com. You can find Kyle on Twitter. He's at TRP Kyle. The show is at Top Rope Nation. We're also on Instagram. Find me at Ryan Droste. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. We'll be back later this week. On Friday, you can get a preview of that Patreon-only bonus show covering WrestleMania 22. If you want to hear the full show and the full Top Rope Nation Classics archives, over 25 shows, support us on Patreon. The link is in the description. So for Kyle Ross, I am Ryan Drosty. We will see you next time. Have a great week.